Oh, we can do something at least while we're chilling out. But yeah, uh, in this uh, completely casual setting of before recording an episode, Aaron, I wanted to tell you about about my recent TCG experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been running a blue Volcanicus deck, and let me tell you why I started running it. I was right there with the rest of the TCG enthusiast community looking at the Volcanicus guys as Wave 2 comes out and, and seeing, you know, the reports of people who tried using them and generally going like, yeah, Volcanicus, oof, oof, doesn't seem to be turning out super well, huh, oof. So a uh, local place called the Mana Pool, who are doing a once a month TCG event, uh, last time I went there, I was like, hey, I'm going to just try running Volcanicus so I know what the rhythm is like on Volcanicus. And that way, when I say, oof, I'll be speaking from a place of clarity. And then I started playing Volcanicus and I was starting to go like, wait a second. And I tweak my deck a bit over the course of about five games. And I came away from that event going like, I think I like how Volcanicus runs. So I've been I've been tweaking a blue Volcanicus deck and I've been realizing some things about it. And I kind of like it. It's not the best deck in the world, but... If you if you build it blue and you realize that Slug flips three on every white pip instead of two, and you realize Swoop is a specialist who gives you a free green pip draw every time he attacks and flips a green pip, you suddenly have like an actual squad happening, especially if the first Dinobot you resurrect with Grimlock is Wave 1 Sludge. I've done Team Heal. I, I don't even aim for Volcanicus, and that deck actually is like flowing. Okay. Uh and I have a, I have an idea now of a deck I want to try um sometime this month hopefully. I'm sitting there going like I, I realized last time I played the Volcanicus deck also Slug is 3 defense and he flips 3 on a white pip. I regularly can flip like between 5 to 9 defense on him when he gets attacked. So he's tanking. Uh Wave uh-huh. 2 Grimlock also had was tanking a whole lot when he it was down to him and like a scamper. And then I realized that I had stopped putting Dinobots in the, into the graveyard after, you know, I just had one set of Volcanicus and the Sludge in there. And I was like, I think I attacked enough times to maybe have that second Volcanicus in there. So I'm thinking, what about a deck which is Wave wave 2 Grimlock and then, like, maybe one other Wave 2 Dinobot than just someone else so that Wave 2 Grimlock is no longer the easy, obvious target. Now you have some other threat, like maybe a Wave 1 Grimlock. And then you're just sitting there quietly pegging away, and then you're very quietly just building up a KO pile full of Dinobots. Hmm. Uh, it's it's I, hard, it's hard card I mean, draw. I, I, like <laughs> I know that we joked about that. It suddenly felt possible, and I was like, "Wait a second, this shouldn't be possible." Yeah. And then and then and then also. Like, the main thing was, I real like, the first couple of versions of this deck, I was like, all right, when I don't have I still function, I'm on a real bad swingy timer. Uh, and so I just started packing in more and more card draw and card cycling, and then I was starting to go like, wait, I'm starting to kind of regularly have these I still functions. And then and Sludge popping out and full healing everyone was, in fact, delaying the game immensely. Like, this is this is not a, a quick deck. This is like a total, like, control shell, we're going to go to time kind of deck. But mm-hmm. I, I just, I really, I really dug it. It's not the best deck in the world, but I, I was really pleasantly surprised by that Volcanicus thing. So there's my report. There's my little uh, sub four minute report. Hi, TJ. Welcome. What the f*** is going on down there? T. 
Y'all ready to to slam dunk one? Y'all ready to to slap this in the bucket? Y'all ready to pound it into the crevice? Y'all ready to to stamp this uh, pole in to the lawn contract? You can, you can just say yeah. What were we talking about again? Starting the podcast. Hi, TJ. Welcome hi. to the podcast. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, Aaron. Welcome. Hey, do you know what concussion protocol is? Uh, no. What's what's the concussion? Okay. You, yeah, you may want to go get that checked out. No, I've just been, uh, I've once again been uh, re-editing my circadian rhythm. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know there's an R in the word, but legitimately, to this day, uh, my immediate brain picture involves something about, like, cicadas in lab coats. Uh, whenever that phrase comes around. But right. that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm assuming circadian has to do with circles, because it's a rhythm. And uh, Adian is like some kind of uh, old like Norse or uh, or Latin terminology. Uh, we can obviously be corrected about that in the comments for this podcast episode. Uh, but before we get to that, you've got to listen to it. We're here with some Transformers podcasting. Hi, I'm Chris. That was Aaron and TJ. You heard their names already. What you didn't hear is whether or not they got anything on topic this week, which I'm going to slam right down in front. going to slap this one right on the table. Uh, Aaron, did you get any Transformers hey, stuff I this week? did. Oh, how'd you do that? I got a forgotten pre-order for the Dinobot Red Swoop. And Aren't those the fun? Ricochet. Oh, both of them are so, so, so loose. I, I meant aren't, aren't forgotten pre-orders fun. I hadn't heard anything about oh. those. That's a, that's oh, a yeah. shame to hear. Forgotten pre-orders are, are frequently fun as well, but so loose. Yikes. It's like, almost to the point of a little bit of, uh, like, the wrong side pressure on his right leg for swoop at least and it just like separates mensch the, I've, the i mean i've had combiner wars deluxes that felt that way in past i guess is what i'll say but oh, that's no that swoop is swoop is about as bad of a loose toy as i've seen yeah it That's is unfortunate because those power of the primes limbs definitely did not get the mileage of the combiner wars. Right. Ones. Plus, this is like the the premium package. It's the brown box that opens up and it's got all the stuff and the special sticker that goes on the thing. And it's supposed to be the cool one. And I'd really uh, hope that that would be the thing that like we're going to sit here and fiddle with two or three of these oh wow this is super loose let's get this figured out before we make the special edition and all when the you release open the brown box is just normal blister pack inside yeah it's it's like the one to fit it yeah oh well there you go well there you go that's that's your problem it's yeah. got that blister pack looseness <laughs> is the paint at least nice on them yeah i mean the, right, that's the, good. the paint's good the apps are good it's just disappointing that it's not really a playable toy well he's got to uh get some i got the stuff that helps him with those kind of joint problems called uh floor polish oh, this uh, is this is the thing that like the those joints will be more floor polished than plastic it feels like i have done that with the combiner wars deluxe or two in my day 
Uh, that's unfortunate, though. It, like it, it's it's never nice to uh, get one of those kind of like redo Redux toys, and the immediate the immediate delivery is like, hey, guess what? Maybe we shouldn't have reduxed it. I mean, they should have, but that's a shame. Um, anything else Transformers wise on your end, other than than no, surprise pre-orders that were kind of jiggly? That's it for mine. All right, uh, TJ, uh, did you get any surprise pre-orders or Transformers in general this uh, week? Nothing by surprise, but I did do a little bit of transformering. Ah, oh, transformerization. Cool. So, uh, once upon a time, I rushed to buy a Bumblebee retro pack because, hey, Japanese dino cassettes that were never released in the U.S., those will go quick. And then they sat around for months and months and months and available. Yep. No rush on number two. So sat and waited until it was half off on Amazon and went, okay, that's more palatable. Yeah. I think I might have rushed on number two, but I think that that was a case of happening across it at the right moment of mindset, if that makes any sense. Uh, have you assembled the proper uh, cassette pairings? Uh, not yet. Uh, Mostly because not sure what I did with the uh, orange... I'm gonna freak. No, don't, don't even ask me. Uh, that, that's why I never opened the first one. So <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna leave this all together until I have the second one. I've now had the two of them sitting unopened together for months. <laughs> so that's going great. <laughs> no, like, this this one's a little bit special because Czar. I I have footage of me at Bacon 2010 staring at a inbox Czar recording it going. I will never own this toy. Little my, did you know. It's in my hand. Yeah. And right now. <laughs> I found out was I found out it was a completely new tool. I feel like, like we've talked about this at some point when those things were coming out. Because I remember, yeah, I remember there was like a lot of different information floating around at the time. Yeah, like from what I've gathered since then, um they didn't just find the molds somewhere. They actually took, like, the original wooden design, like, the upscale wooden proto, and made the molds like they would have back in the 80s. Man. I was going to say it would be cool if they had, like, 3D scanned the wooden prototype. I mean, it, it, it's, it's extremely cool to find out that that's how it happened, but at the same time, like, I can't remember the U.S. doing like that for a G1. Like, Soundwave they reverse engineered because Takara was doing it and then they did it in, you know, they reused Soundwave a million times. It's worth the money. Yeah. Like, Japan, like, there's no release for these and you'd think they'd have a higher value in Japan anyway. Yeah, it just turns out everyone in Japan got theirs over the course of the 90s. <laughs> yeah, everyone. That's that's why they're $3,000. Well, they, they do that for all the visitors. Uh, it's like the big fandom secret over there. It's like, hey, we, it's like us and our six-inch titaniums. You know, we all got ours so we could sell the six-inch titaniums to foreign uh, fan markets for a, a healthy markup. Uh, that's cool, though. I remember the one time I handled a wooden prototype is I was handed a wooden prototype of one of the Raiden train bots, one bot con. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was terrifying because... They didn't tell me what it was till I was already holding it. And then, you know, 
you kind of want them to take it away from you after they tell you what it is. I get or good. I get. I, I there was a clip that I used to. Play, I have no idea where it was. Where they were handling. It was just some historian handling like a, a wax cylinder, like the kind of predated like oh, is vinyl this the records. It's the one where it breaks. It explodes in his hand. Yes, that gives me such anxiety. That clip. Like I can't even begin to tell you. Like that's uh, that's the first thing I think of when you said this is a one of a kind piece of Transformers history you're holding right now. Yeah, then I just squeeze my hand, and I'm like, well, now it's none of a kind. <laughs> makes you wonder, I was going to say, it makes you wonder how many more of those wooden prototypes are kicking around in a vault somewhere. Uh, I, I, I mean, would, there's I only would... so many they bust out for trade shows. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just love for them to 3D scan those things. Uh, it would be really cool to just, like, fully digitally preserve them. Um, like, right down to, like, the nooks and crannies and the wood grain. That'd be cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Gar is still just kind of basic as a cassette. He's neat. Uh, Dairu, evil Dairu, case, uh, it's a cool purple shade, but he still continues to be the best cassette bot I've ever played with. Uh, yeah. then, then there's that Bumblebee. How's this one feel? Well, I didn't get Studio Series Bumblebee number two. Mm-hmm. I, oh, so this is my only experience old can't say anything about improvements or whatnot um okay like there's nothing egregious about him other than his cannon arm is barely tight enough to hold on to the elbow yeah it was like that with the regular release if i recall correctly uh besides that he seems like joint wise he feels fine and seems to have pretty much the same problems as the normal one like there, there is no way to properly tab his alt mode together. I, I can't do it. I've been messing with, uh, or wait, no, I'm mixing up my bumblebees. But there was, I've been, I've been messing with a couple of figures. One of them was was Studio Series VW Bumblebee. The other one was a third party Stunicon. And I was, I was like reading about how these were two figures that have similar problems of tabbing together, and that there's like a very specific way that it will work. And I just, like, spent one very strange weekend going, like, I'm going to experience the one way where this works, come hell or high water. And I did. And then and then I transformed them back and I never got there again. But usually it's like there is a way, but it involves a very specific series of, of tolerances and you never touching the thing. And yeah. also, don't ever do the roll test. No, no, no. And then you'll no. be fine. No, it'll fly apart. I know this. Yeah. But... Like I wish, I wish it worked because like the rest of the toy is fine. But even in transforming, like I can tell there's some elements of well, the CAD model said it would. Work. Yeah, like like folding up, like he's got a groove in the back for folding his uh, vehicle mode kibble into, supposed to like sink in and you know get it as flat as possible. The tolerance for that is barely there. Like I was, yeah. I was super worried about breaking it. What? seated in place and too much uh physical reality took place is always my my thinking when that kind of thing happens like this all worked fine and then the plastic got subject to the the rigors of oxygen exposure and whatnot um at least you completed the cassette dinos though yeah that's neat to have it's neat to have them even the 
the random evil ones they did just to scam collectors into buying both overexpensive sets. Yeah, good old what's whatever he's called, Rudai. Like it was just backwards names. Rudai. If I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. Because because the evil ones are named in Pig Latin. <laughs> it's supposed to be backwards names, and I've already forgot like the the method by which they did the backwards names. Well, it, it's well, it's Dairu, which is the normal. Yeah, because that's their American names. It's literally it's just the phonetic pronunciation of their Japanese names, and it's that like literally, like type it backwards, and that's what. Yeah, I can't do that easily. Oh, I can't. Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this manually. <clears throat> Dairu. Uri Uriad, that's right, Uriad, Uriad, good old Uriad. How we forget? G one Uriad, that's correct. Uh, that's silly. I'm glad you closed a circle on that. Uh, any other Transformers in in uh, your recent week? Uh, unfortunately, that is it. Well, I got something that I can't remember if I talked about. You know, one of those situations. Uh, so I'll throw it out there that I, I got a hold of uh, LGEX Big Powered, the Titans Return heavily retooled Big Powered of the three guys from Zone. Uh, you want to talk about some loose joints. <laughs> some of those hip ball joints were definitely calling for help, is what I would call them. Uh, one of those Titan Master Headmaster guys, uh, the little ball socket neck, definitely calling for help. Is what I will call. It. There's a whole lot of like nostalgia I was suddenly having for you know very recent nostalgia for like oh that's right Combiner Wars and Titans Return. There were a whole bunch of ball joints that didn't always work. Uh, it was that kind of feel. Uh, I, I I think they're pretty cool. I think that they are definitely three heavy retools, and you should really remember that. Diatlas is unfortunately definitely the weakest of the three because he's trying to do a whole lot and. At a certain point, it feels like the Overlord Black Shadow mold is kind of crumpling underneath all the retooling. Like, you know how he's supposed to split in half, right? Mm -hmm. uh, at the waist. They turn that into an extending jointed spine. And the, the thing is, it never really feels... It, it has click lock points, but boy howdy, it always feels like it is not strong enough to hold the two halves together even though it does not separate. Uh, there's some cool stuff on it, though. Like, I really like the two deluxes. Um, Diatlas is fine. I, I think, actually, I like Diatlas more than some other folks do. I don't really care about the super hollow lower legs. Like, yes, that is a really terrible-looking thing to photograph, but it doesn't... I don't know why. It just doesn't really stick out to me enough for, to, to take me out of any experience. I'm, I'm more taken out by, you know, just some of the general loosenesses uh, here and there. Uh... I, I'm happy I have them. Uh, the big powered combined vehicle mode is pretty darn neat. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that they're a must-have, but they're they're like they're like a pretty good botcon exclusive, you know, like really good retooling, really good color work, great concept, and some questionable build quality. Like it's a it's a perfect solid botcon classic delivery. Um, and uh, I, I unfortunately haven't been able to find any more transformers locally. Uh, I, I am always looking. They have Siege, Starscream, and Soundwave at one of my local comic shops. However, those are diamond distributing prices. So oh, I unfortunately do not wish to pay 50 plus tax Canadian dollars for each of them. So I, I, I looked at them. They sure look smaller in the box than they, than they do out of the box. Because uh, I'd, I'd handled 
briefly like a sound wave at Capital City Comic Con that someone else had. And I was like, yeah, this feels fine. They look smaller in the box. <laughs> it's really weird. And uh, I think Starscream from Diamond Distributing in Canada does not have the chest pin. Uh, and also, I think he's compressed even more to get in that box. I don't know. He, he looks really stumpy in there. Um, but uh, that, that's about it for me and my Transformers acquisitions for this week. So let's get into one of them listener questions. Um, Aaron, it would be funny for me to hear you read this one from uh, that guy. Okay. That guy said, Dear what the naughty word at Transformers World 2005. Recently on the boards, there have been some discussions about the faces of the Transformers franchise. Those characters pushed hardest by Hasbro. The general consensus is Optimus, Bumblebee, Grimlock, Megatron, Starscream, and Windblade. Maybe what the naughty word at Transformers World 2005 podcasters would include Shockwave or Soundwave. I personally feel that they are in a slightly lower tier in terms of media and toy representation. Sometimes those discussions turn nasty when Windblade is involved. He's already used two dirty words. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to stir that pot again. Instead, I wanted to point out something I noticed and check your thoughts. On other threads, when Windblade is discussed, the fact that she is the fan-voted character never comes up. My first response to why is Windblade pushed so hard is to say... Hasbro ran the poll, we sort of made Windblade, and they committed to putting her in media. And in fact, I'd say for a company, Hasbro really exceeded their commitments. Windblade has now been in the comics, in the web show, Generations Line twice, and in two of the children's cartoons. Do you think that Windblade has surpassed her original designation as the fan-created character? Do you think that her fan-voted status grants her a quick rise to brand mascot seated amongst the likes of Optimus and Megatron? Or is it another factor that makes her so prevalent? Am I really part of an old guard in the fandom that I remember how cool it was to vote and then see Windblade's design, or was the fan vote really less of an event than I'm remembering it to be? I am curious not just to hear what the naughty word at Transformers World 2005 thinks, but what other fans of what the naughty word at Transformers World 2005 think. I hope you have a great time at TFCon Chicago and looking forward to your dedicated post-TCG tournaments podcast. TFCon Toronto. Toronto. Toronto, sorry. The one word. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I was curious what you would do with this one. That's why I gave it to you. Um, and I'm, I'm also, I, I don't mind it. I feel like I'm looking at a meme that I'm unaware of about our podcast. I know that our podcast is called WTF, but to type it out all the way feels like something that was that was decided upon with a certain poignancy, and I feel like I missed something. I this guy's playing it. your own game and it's breaking you is what's happening. There, there's got to be a game within this game. This, there's no such thing as two-dimensional chess. Only three-dimensional. Sometimes four. Uh, also, I'm going to say you're not part of an old guard if you remember how cool it was to vote. Uh, the fan vote was a huge thing in, what was it, 2012 when it happened? Uh, whenever the year was. But yeah, because there was like, what, six or seven different like steps of vote. There were like a lot of Autobot levels of Decepticon, or is it going to be a jet or a car or a train or a laser beam in and of itself or all, what all colors, the various things. What weapon? Uh, we, yeah. Yeah, every little detail was decided on by fan vote. Yeah, it, it was it was a huge talking point uh, when, when it came to uh, the vote of male or female character. There was quite a lot of noise uh-huh. um, that when, when that took place. Uh so I, I I actually think they have exceeded their commitments with Windblade because here's why I'll say that. Do you remember Victorion? 
Who? Probably, yeah. <laughs> she had one toy. She uh, was, thank goodness, made into a set of, of uh, at least some memorable characters in the comic book, uh, very much on the back of, of the really solid teams working on the, the, the very end of that, that run on IDW. Uh, she was in the Machinima cartoons, but not in any way anyone really wants to remember. The main thing I remember is, uh, what was it? A huge intro before Combiner Wars aired that led to nothing. She just showed up out of nowhere. So Then she was the leader of the Combiners, a race who do not separate into Transformers, apparently. Uh, and then I didn't see the episode, but I saw the gif of what happens to her in uh, Power of the Primes. And I, I do need to finish that sometime. But that was real weird, too. Uh, is it a spoiler still to say what happened? Did either of you actually watch all the way through? I didn't watch it all the way through. Go for it. Uh, yeah, okay. I, watched, I did. I watched it. Okay, so you, you know what I'm about to talk about then. Yeah, yeah. You have my approval. Okay, so Evil Rodimus, right? Evil, evil, uh, I forgot what he was called now. Rodimus Rod- Cron? Rod- Is that the? Yeah. Rod- Rodimus Cron uh, does the 90s action movie supervillain thing of except that she's like 15 times bigger than him, grab the the secondary hero by the neck and then twist your wrist to break their neck. Except when he does it, her head falls off. And that's it. <laughs> Turns out that's all you had to do was was crack, crack Victorion's neck and her head would fall off and then the entire combiner would be dead. Um, Just on the ball joint. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but... I there's, think that illustrates it. There's like it. five other robots. Even if you say that it like murderated that one, Listen, she's, this is she's, like, she's like series. six robots. It's the Machinima series. You know what the Machinima series thinks a combiner is uh, when it's not Volcanicus. Because I saw that merge <laughs> sequence. Um, all, all their consciousness were merged in the head. They're all gone right now. <laughs> yeah, Bodies are out, still alive, but no, no one's home. Yeah, it turns out very bad planning. Uh, but... I mean, just look at the difference in 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 delivery between Windblade and Victorion. Victorion certainly had things working against her, being a combiner made of five different characters, uh, being a gift set figure rather than someone who could just sort of be inserted into any given fiction as one character. But even then, I feel like I I thought Windblade's um, market value in the franchise, to use a bunch of words I hate, was going to be up through till about, like, what, 2014 or so. I thought we were going to get mm-hmm. her in the comics, get her into maybe... When she was in one cartoon, I was like, wow, all right! Full circle on Windblade! Man! Uh, and I think it's pretty great that she is sticking around, because generally, outside of the Machinima series, Windblade has been a- an effective addition to regular Transformers casts. Uh, she's allowed for... The inclusion of uh, female representation that is not bright pink, which still means something in 2019, I think. And in IDW, uh, Windblade was, I think I've said this before, like aggressively written well, because <laughs> there is a lot working against Windblade. Uh, the mm-hmm. character design is super weird. Uh, and, and like steps were taken to make that character design work. Like originally, Windblade looked a whole lot more like a strange fusion geisha samurai. Uh, the the Caminus city speaker um, design elements to her face, very much thanks to IDW, and, and also were probably the thing that I think has made her uh, usable visually uh, since then. 
kind of de uh that design uh, to some degree. There's just a lot about her that works really well. Like in Cyberverse, she's an excellent counterpart to Bumblebee. Bumblebee is a sort of little car man. She's a jet lady with a sword. It's like they, they fill in each other's gaps. Um so yeah, I, I think that they they really pulled it off with Windblade in ways that definitely when that poll was happening, I was like, hey, maybe we'll get a cool toy. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy it turned out better than that. That's my thoughts anyway. I really dove into that one because I'm a little bit loopy. Um, TJ, I don't know. Or do, do you have any, uh, do you feel differently or do you feel roundabout uh, the same? Not especially. Like, I do think she holds a very high position because she is the fan vote character and not in the, uh, well... Which of these two packs do you want? Kind of yeah. vote. It oh, is, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. It is, yeah. <laughs> they, they've kind of gone downhill a little bit. But she was like, we we decided on everything from the ground up. She was made by us, for us. And she does hold a special place because of that. I think she maintains because, you know, we've, we've mentioned this for a long time. Like, there's really a drought of female characters in transformers you know like pre like idw at least mm. so, you know we've had a large influx thanks to that and i'm hoping we see more of them come around but you know for as far as like mainline transformer characters like it's it's rc and you know after that like you have to go into like black arachnia you know which is what animated did yeah um, and, and I mean, you know, look at that Star Trek crossover book, right, where they did the, the very Sunbow approach, and then they, they added in RC and Windblade and Arachnid, uh, which all kind of worked, but yeah, it's kind of like, and it's, it's weird to say that, like, it, it's not meant, in my case at least, to be like a dig at RC. I think that RC just has so much more working against her I, visually. I there's There's a lot of nostalgia for RC, but she is very much product of her times. Yeah, she is the girl like her characterization in the in season three is the girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's bright white and pink. She's admittedly kind of ineffectual to the plots of each episode. She's just there for the sake of having a female character. And like like in IDW, a lot of work was done uh, to make IDWRC into a rounded and and very impressive character. It was a lot of work. Uh and a little footnote, I think it kind of sucks that pr- the Prime version of RC, like the Sumali RC, has kind of just disappeared uh, in the last few years. Because I thought that was a super cool character, too. Um, who I, I thought was, was really an effective modernization of the role that RC had in, a, in any given cast. And unfortunately, that seems like that's just not, that's not, a, type of, that's not a type of RC we're going to see anytime soon, it feels like. Um Aaron, how do you feel about the delivery of, of Windblade now that we're in 2019? Um, I want to say I kind of feel in the beginning that I might have had a little bit like, oh, they're putting this in everything. But, like, it, I'm glad that it's out there because, you know, it is not just a fan-voted character. And sometimes I kind of wish that they maybe in... Um, in, like, the even just, like, the media packet stuff that goes out with a show like included some of that it's potentially yeah because yeah it would be easy enough to forget that like you know it's just a thing versus like no this is a character that was decided upon by fans and 
you know, and they've done a good job of making her a good character. And yeah. that's that's why I think in later iterations it's been like, okay, yeah, Arcee's in this one. Or not Arcee, Windblade's in this one. Cool. And go from there. Yeah. I mean, and, and that design even, like, like when she when that poll was finished, there were the jokes running of like, well, this is what happens when you ask the fans for a character. Jet geisha lady with a sword. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had nothing to do with the geisha. Let's let's get that clear. Yeah, that was not that was not on the poll. That was, I think, one of the things that actually, when when the design was revealed, it's kind of like, huh? Was like the. I feel like at the time we were all, we were all just sitting there going, like, I guess is this supposed to have to do with the face of Nijika or whatever? Did like, we is, miss a vote? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, like, I remember the first Windblade toy that came out, like the 2013 one, it was the Japanese version that had adjusted the facial deco to match Sarah Stone's artwork, where it was like, okay, okay, I kind of see the character now. Uh, it's just that, that, the, 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 sw- the, the shifting, not the switch, the shift from that geisha look into the, the city speaker look, really minor thing, but I think it, it did wonders to solidify Windblade in, in those, those opening year and a half, two years, um, but yeah, I, in general, I'm just happy with. It. I think it, I think it's also kind of funny that like to this day, like when Windblade comes up, there's still people who are griping, because uh, at this point, like in 2019, I, I was kind of you know making a little bit fun about how long it's been. I also make a lot of fun whenever I read the discussion topics, and people <laughs> are still kind of like, oh, oh, this Windblade character, and I'm like, yeah, it's been five plus yeah, years. Like, like there, <laughs> there are always going to be people that like. Everything after season two of the original series of Transformers is junk. I don't know why you'd like it. Ball joints this, are this dumb. Ain't, this ain't even if that, there's though. not nine pounds of die cast in every toy. <laughs> what's the point? I, I don't. I don't want to strawman this one into that window. Even like this is a really specific thing that uh, was I like. Empathy not being sympathy was understandable to me in, like, 2013, 2014 of just, like, well, that's kind of the culture we live in, unfortunately. But, like, now that it's been this long, it's 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 just become, like, listen, at this point, like, you're participating in being a punchline mm-hmm. when, when that yeah. stuff goes on. Like, uh, for me, like, I'm, I'm really happy that a brand new character joins that upper echelon of Transformer hierarchy, you know, because we... Yeah. Okay, you expect to see Starscream in a Transformer cartoon, but there's times where you cram in a Starscream where maybe maybe that wasn't the right fit, you know? Like, you know, we've we how many times at length do we talk about Energon Starscream who really barely qualifies as a Starscream? But like, I even say like R.I.D. 2015 was like they threw Starscream in there just for this, just for a bit of prime pull, yeah, or otherwise. It's just kind of out of the blue. Like, okay, Starscream's back, sure, but he's a and, legacy character, so he gets away with it. Well, and, and mm-hmm. I'll say, like, I, I wish there were more characters who had made the you know the jump into straight up there. They are the first choice of the evergreen lineup, like Windblade is. Uh, you know, obviously, like your bulkheads, your knockouts, your barricades, uh, your your breakdowns. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of prime stuff and animated stuff. Uh, but I think that Windblade does have that one extra thing of like, also, this was the the one and only individual fan voted character, you know, mm-hmm. like Victorion was not an individual. And uh, and ever since then, like you said, we've been fan voting on basically like, what toy do you want? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So Windblade is a very unique uh, entity and entry in, in this franchise. And I'll, I'll say it again. Uh, for the most part, also a, a very solid character uh, in a lot of the media she's been in. Like the Machinima series, you know, nonwithstanding. Um, so yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything else to say about Windblade, really. We kind of covered most of it, I think. Um Oh, since this is a heated topic, you know, please be kind in the thread. Don't, 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 what's that old saying? Um, when you're amongst friends and family, don't talk about music, politics, or Windblade. Uh, unless you're all on the same page. But, uh, you know, keep it civil. Don't, don't be the punchline. Because I'll feel a little bit guilty when I'm laughing at you, but only a little bit. Um, hey, look at this topic list segue that whoever wrote this did. We were just talking about Windblade. Let's talk about another female Transformer character who's getting a new toy. Well, Windblade's not getting a new toy that we know about. She probably will. But, uh, hey, first look at Masterpiece Black Arachnia's Piter Mode. Uh, Black Arachnia MP46 is on display uh, at a thing. I forgot what it's called. But uh, I think this is the first time we're seeing the figure in color in general, but this is also the first time we're seeing the Spider Mode, the Beast Mode. Uh, the Beast Mode is definitely not the feature. I think a lot of people are being slightly hard on the Beast Mode. I don't think it looks amazing, but I feel like a lot of folks are giving it way more guff uh, than it has coming. It, it certainly does not look like a seamless spider, but I thought it did a pretty good job. And then I went on Twitter and everyone's like, oh my god, this thing's terrible, and I don't know. Um, I feel like it looks fine. I think there's obviously seams showing. I think the fact that they got the silhouette of the spider that even vaguely resembles a spider uh, out of that with without the like, I don't think the back looks like a balled up robot. I think the back looks like it transforms, but I don't just see a balled up person back there. That's just me, though. Aaron, how do you feel about uh, Black Arachnia? Uh, I see a balled up robot. Oh, man. Just uh, I. I mean, it's impressive that it gets something very spider-y to to Black Arachnia, but like Black Arachnia is something that like it never anywhere could either of the spiders turn into robots without the magic of I don't know. It just goes and magically like grows space out of space yeah like i don't know maybe if my expectations were just more tempered than a lot of other people's but like i was expecting worse and i don't mean that as a dig really uh i just i I thought this turned out pretty decently you know for what it's trying to do yeah i i don't know it's a thing that i it's impressive yes is it something where Maybe having, you know, and again, it's it's a thing that I think we've discussed once or twice. Imagine if they just made, like, a Figuarts Black Arachnia. Oh, I would not complain. I would not complain. Right. But... Which, I mean, it, it appears that she may have almost that level of articulation and the like. Mm. So we're we're maybe kind of getting that, but I wonder how much, like, to have a... Okay, so they're saying uh, 1,500 yen... So, it's like Cheetor price, isn't it? Yeah, that's like 140 US, 150 US. Well, that's something like that was sort of Cheetor's MSRP. So, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking Cheetor was 
thought Cheetor was came in at a hundred. Yeah, I, I, I want to like, say it was a little lower, but I she think also she's comes with probably... like stand. So like one of the things has like, um, like the she comes with the base and arm and adapter stuff and the spider web thing behind her. Like, well, that's that's let's just be clear that that part is a little grain of salt because we all thought Megatron was going to come with the stand yeah, too. Yeah, well, so <laughs> that's one of the the articles that you linked includes what she comes with. I thought that that list, though, was, like, you know, not con- fully confirmed yet. It was, like, partly hypothesized, partly a Weibo leak. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, hey, listen, if her if, it's, if it's basically she's Cheetor with the display stand stuff, I'm down with that. Also, like, that MSRP, like, if I hate, I hate to, I'm not trying to be elitist when I say this. If you look around the right places, she won't cost that much, which will make her cost around about Cheetor prices. Right. Uh... So it just kind of evens out to me price wise. Um, I I hope she comes with the stand because I want another one. Yeah. But I. I'm happy for people that are happy for this. I'll put it that way. And also, I'll say, like, when I say all this stuff about she looks fine, I'm not saying like, so you should all buy her. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, do what you got to do. But uh, I just like when I saw the reactions, I was kind of like, I don't know what y'all were expecting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I and, and like I said, it's a thing that, like, because of the way that her modes were in Beast Wars, there's like no way to to do that without hand wavium. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking about this when we all got Dinobot, right? Like, we were like, listen, they were able to do Dinobot. Holy crap! What are they going to do with her? I think that they did the Dinobot thing with her. You know, like she's she's making the butt of that Black Widow appear out of somewhere. And it, it certainly doesn't look like her, <laughs> uh, at least from the front. Before I keep going, though, TJ, you're uh, you, you've you've had hands on uh, Monsieur Dino bot. How are you feeling about the first look at Black Arachnia in color? So I after Dinobot, I kind of take the approach of they're definitely prioritizing the the robot mode okay i have no issue with that i acknowledge the characters uh as the robot modes more than the beast modes in this case like i almost mm-hmm. try to i almost end up viewing it as a secondary when it comes to the beast ones just because i know there's only so much they can do uh that said please tell me how her please tell me how the previous incarnation of this design went as far as toy accuracy goes like, how accurate was her original Black Arachnia Spider? Oh, you mean, like, the Deluxe? Yeah. Like, tell me how that was a Black Widow. Oh. It wasn't. Yeah, no, it, it was wasn't. a spider. <laughs> it, was just, it was a toy spider, is what I would call it. Yeah. So, like, you know what? This is doing better. Yeah. Also, the like, robot mode did not look like her. No. No, it did not. <laughs> it like, looked like the, the, Tarantulas. But then, like, literally, that's the extent of my argument is, like, is it better than any option we've ever had? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, okay. I would not disagree if someone said they f- they felt that the Legends version, you know, like that one that came out a couple years ago. Uh, the uh, animated remold. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that, that one definitely scratches certain itches, and it's not, like, you know, a perfect toy uh, at all. Um but I could see someone saying that one also is a lot less expensive and it's still scratching the itch. And it's like, yeah, it is. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, like she, she, she could stand in, she could stand in and fill a gap, certainly. Yeah. Like, like she's got animated hands to a degree. Yeah, animated hands, and you know, Black Arachnia has this specific silhouette to her. You don't, you know, with that the Legends toy, you don't really have the right uh, stature because she's still got the animated style of posing and proportions going. Yeah. You don't have you don't have the spider legs in the right spot. You don't have the curves in the right spot. You know, it's it'll do. Is like my take on the Legends figure. Yeah, I was just going to double check the hands because I was like, wait a second, did I misremember something? But no, oh, yeah, no, she, no, she she has hands. That's the problem. Yeah, she could ape the claw look to a degree, but yeah, she had animated hands. It was her boobs that were new and the head that was new. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she okay, so she had show accurate boobs. Yeah. Also, just looking at the spider mode, that's not a Black Widow. No, that 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 <laughs> is a monstrosity. That does not even have an hourglass on its butt. Mm-hmm. It says a red block. So yeah, we, we are actually doing better. A, yeah, and whatever <laughs> that is on the front, that nightmare. Yeah. Also, um, uh, her... I'm pretty sure, looking at her page on TF Wiki, that she has been literally every faction you can be. Yeah, uh, she's been Autobot at least once, right? Somewhere. Can't remember where. Because oh. the LG one's a Decepticon. Yeah, uh, uh, well, well, yeah. Um, was it a Decepticon? I'm already I'm doubting f- myself. I no, can't I remember. think she's Predacon. Okay. No, she was. She was Decepticon in, in uh, Universe. Right. Sorry. Like when, when a toy is 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 oh, is this this toy came out in 2015. When a figure has gone past that three year mark, boy howdy, my memory can sometimes just disappear. Uh, but yeah, this this masterpiece one I think is completely in line with you know the rest of Beast Wars masterpiece. Like as a piece that is going to be similar in scale and delivery to Cheetor, I feel like she's hitting all the mark. I mean, I feel like her spider mode is only a little bit less effective than Cheetor's Cheetah mode. You know, uh, and I I'm really curious how strong those spider legs are. Like it looks like they got little detents on the mid joint. So if she can, like, actually walk around on those legs, keeping the rest of the spider body off the ground, like, I'm going to be pretty impressed. Uh, but yeah, that's just me, you know? Like, like I'm saying, this is not to say, therefore, fools, you should go and pre-order her, but, you know. Uh, I feel like there's going to be some voices that are going, oh, right now, that will then see different photos later and then go, oh, because that also has happened with every other Beast Wars MP toy that came out so far. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts you guys have on Black Arachnia's masterpiece delivery so far? Mm-mm. Then let us uh, get into another listener question. This one is from Dorsk812, who says, uh, Hello, sir. I, or I guess sirs. A quick update and then a question. So, I am a proud father of a baby boy, born on Valentine's Day, too. It all turned out well, but not all went well. Long story short, there were complications, and now I'm staring at a giant hospital bill. My son and wife are healthy, so I will find a way to pay, or go bankrupt if I have to, but until then, my collecting is on hold and slowly being sold to pay for things. So as a new inactive fan, I present a question. Like last time, I would like it to be presented to everyone if possible. So therefore, Seth, you have to remind me about this, if you're listening. (laughs) 
What would you like to see Transformers become or do in the future? For example, return to gimmick-oriented lines, fresh takes on characters, more movie madness, or something completely different? Now, I know Hasbro has dabbed into these things already, but what would you like to see happen, and why? Um, so I, I'm going to think for more movie madness, we can probably axe that one for now, because Studio Series appears to be an autonomous entity at this point. So movie Transformers, I think, are going to continue coming out for at least a couple more years regardless and studio series is kind of doing the be all end all take on a lot of those designs i i feel like that that one's almost like that's that's happening whether we want it to or not but um tj i'll bop over to you first what what would you want to see transformers do in the future like on a broad st- scale um on a broad scale for transformers i start to worry about uh saturation and stagnation we mm-hmm. do like like mentioned in a previous question. We do have a lot of characters who come up in literally every series. And now when we've discussed this before, we're kind of getting all of these designs uh a lot more a lot, a lot more uniform. Oh, you know, our our Megatron in the comics in the current cartoon are vaguely the same. We've got the green designs that are vaguely the same. We've got all we've got a bunch of different Transformers media running, but everyone kind of looks G1. You know, we've kind of just recycled back to that. Um, I'd like to get away from that a little bit just to make sure the characters don't get overplayed. You know, like, I would like to see maybe like a new take on Beast Wars, not necessarily like bring back Cheetor and Waspinator and all that, but. You know, with like modern engineering concepts and ideas, what could you do that you didn't get the chance to do during? Hmm. You know, like, can we get more mythical creatures in there? Get transmetals that have actual vehicle mode and not whatever that excuse for. Would you say in, in a way it would almost be like you'd, you'd want to see something that's a fusion of, of Cybertron's beast planet and like Eucharist, the beast colony from IDW? Like. Maybe like something sort of, sort of that, a loose net to catch all that in. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not necessarily sure about that, or if I would want them to go realistic on the modes. Um, mm. Like I, I just like to see like what would you do now? Now, like now that we have all these new engineering tricks and all these new uh, philosophies on transformer toy engineering, like what could you do with animals you didn't get to do, or what? Yeah. Or could you come up with a new? character using ones you did like is there another rhino you could do that isn't rhinox i I will say i feel like if this were asked at a convention their immediate answer would be like well they're doing great stuff with masterpiece beast wars uh which is not an answer black rack is butt but, yeah give me another answer <laughs> um well aaron how about you what, what would you like to see uh transformers do in its future on a broad scale um other gimmick lines um like a return to a deployer type thing, like what Armada had with Minicons. Oh yeah. Or or like Energon had with the Cyberplanet keys. Uh Cybertron had with Or Cybertron had with the Cyberplanet keys, yeah. Energon with the Energon stars. The Energon no stars didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um but that sort of gimmick is neat. I remember like from Power Masters when you had to have your, your engine to to do things for real uh was was kind of neat so 
Like uh, another round of that would be interesting. Unfortunately, we're at the point I think where it's starting to get difficult to have something too mechanically gimmicky for for price and uh, and sales and the like. Yeah. Um, I, what I'll say is they are experimenting in the kids' lines from year to year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that it's a limited budget palette, and whether or not it's a hit or a miss, that is going to be a gimmick for at least like six to t- to twelve months. Like right now, we got something coming up for Cyberverse. I think it's really exciting. We talked about um, so, you know some weeks ago when we first saw it, but those figures that look like very serviceable, simple deluxes that come with an unrelated vehicle that turns into armor. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool. That's that feels like it's you know it's obviously not very intense compared to something like Power Masters with full on like inner workings geared up. But that's you know an example of like a gimmick type thing that's yeah. still happening in Transformers. Gr- granted, Cyberverse is full of evergreen designs, so there's a sort of ceiling on it. But uh, Starscream's wearing like a, a what a bulldozer or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's kind of exciting. I, I agree with you guys in general. Like, I, I would like to see, I would like to see like a break away from the evergreen G one everything approach. The problem here's the problem for me is it's hard for me to say that without without thinking. The only way that's going to happen is if Transformers falls into the kind of dire straits that led it to experiment in those ways in the first place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I feel like it's going to be like, just given how it is run as a brand, it feels unlikely it is going to dip hard enough to have to experiment that hard. And it's, it's a, it's a real cash 22. Cause it's like the better transformers does the less risks it has to take almost. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're going to just stick to your guns and stay with the legacy characters and designs, then you should at least unify the whole thing. Like my stores, Transformers take up less and less and less shelf space, you know, every year, like 2000s, like to that, like after the first movie was the peak and you know, we're like half of a wall at Walmart Transformer stuff. And now it's just like a sliver again. Yeah, I have though, one of my Walmarts isn't even carrying leaders. One of my Walmarts stopped carrying Voyagers like they Oof. won't stock anything bigger than a deluxe anymore. Yeah, and it's it's getting harder and harder to find those things at retail because you got two toy lines for Transformers running at the same time. Well, three. Three toy mm-hmm. lines running at the same time and only so much room they're willing to give out if it's not selling as hot as it could. There is a part of me that feels like, okay, if you're going to do this, if you're going to have like a collector's line that's G1-based, then base a cartoon on that, you know? You know, Make you know, make a cartoon that kids can get into and have the same toys that we have. They you know, give them a gimmick line if they want it, simplified stuff, but all like almost like an animated approach where you've got your main toys, then you've got your kids' toys, but it's all the same toy line. It's all coming from the same source of fiction. It's like I don't want to lose generations, but especially Rid twenty fifteen hurt uh when you realized you were looking at character designs that were were at best going to get a rid 2015 warrior toy. Yeah. Uh, Cyberverse has really hurt realizing that the warrior class for Cyberverse is a compromised price point. There is no 
a reliable price point in Cyberverse for my tastes. And mm-hmm. some of those character designs are, are badass. And it's like, all right, I got to wait and then figure out what compromised figure I want to get to if I want to have a, a representation of that design in physical. Uh, I, I don't want to lose generations, but there was there certainly was an advantage to, you know, a shared cartoon with a, a collector line and a kid's line. I mean, you wouldn't I mean, I don't even mean to, like, lose generations like I like right now you've got a story. You've got a cartoon where. A good chunk of the story happens in flashback on Cybertron pre-war. Yeah. Uh, Siege is about what happens in G1 on Cybertron before they go to Earth. Yeah. You you could be running the same storyline here and just base Cyberverse off of Siege. And what's, what's like, one thing that's been real rough to to see is uh, in conversations where folks, you know, who, who don't, like, you know, devour every single piece of information as hard as we do... People say like, oh, no, you see, they're using these evergreen designs for everything. And then they'll point at the comic books and at, you know, the upcoming TCG wave that's using Siege artwork. And you have to go like, well, here's the thing. Siege designs aren't evergreen. They're just see, evergreen is like Neo G1. But the Siege designs are like different Neo G1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we are now at the point where because when you said, you know, that there's like so many lines running, there are more lines running depending on what, like a Walmart, for instance, doesn't just have Studio Series, Cyberverse, and Generations. Sometimes they also have Evergreen, or whatever we're calling the um, Cyber Battalion. Uh, and then sometimes G1 reissues now as well. I mean, yeah. Cyber, <laughs> Cyber Battalion's a completely different thing from Evergreen. And like, that yeah. could just pop up whenever it wants. Like, we thought that was done, and then we got, no, Shockwave and Sideswipe, out of nowhere. Well, then there's because there's also the evergreen uh, like pseudo deluxes like that Grimlock. Um, I don't even know what you necessarily classify them as off the top of my head. But like there are evergreen figures as well. Uh, and I think like Dollarama tends to get a lot of the smaller ones. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that like, you know, to a layman's eye looks like it's all the same, even though it is all like, you know, in very small ways different. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, like I, I think it's a shame that the most unique of all of them, which tends to be the kids' shows, also tends to have the the least interesting toys, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I would like to see just wider variance in design delivery again, and, and and I would even sacrifice generations to get that, as long as like the toys were you know deluxes and voyagers and felt the same. I'd be fine with generations taking a break for a little bit, but. Uh, I just don't see it happening until we have multiple years that go badly. Um, And, you know, who knows how that even takes place. Like, Bumblebee just made the movies relevant to the general public again. Thank goodness, for really good reasons. But uh, it seems like the price we pay is that, like, the more success Transformers has, the narrower that lens gets. And uh, thank goodness the toys are at least still interesting to me, because they are different figures, each and every one. But, uh with all that said like hey where's are we ever going to have official djd toys that are not licensed third party are we ever going to see aileron show up are we ever going to see star drive show up in a toy line centurion really good designs that deserve a a general deluxe to voyager take um i hope we see unofficial versions but i would love to see an official one too uh that's kind of what i want anyway thank you for that question doorsgate one two we got one more here i labeled this one because this is how kind of how i received it we have a listener question from TJ's Discord. So, uh, TJ, you gave me this like a month and a half ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you want to read this question from your Discord? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. So back in March, he wanted me to put this into our next WTF at TFW recording, and uh, I, I definitely put it into the list. <laughs> I, I like. I, I, I hope he's still uh, following me and or alive, so I can tell him his question got answered. I know mm. not what he's up to. Uh, he's got. He's okay. I'm going. I'm going. To, I'm gonna attempt this name, and I apologize because mm-hmm. I have no idea how to pronounce this. So uh, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going with uh, Setashami. Oh, Setashami. Hey, wait that, a second. That. That's that guy. He got two questions in this episode. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that guy. Is that right, why you well, labeled it that guy, or is that just ironic? No, no that, is, that guy is his TFW screen name. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's Cam. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's. We're I might be misremembering. That's not fair. I might be. See, in my in my list, this was just listed as from TJ's Discord. So, man, I should double check. I maybe I'm misremembering who that guy is. Like I said, I'm re- I'm in the midst of a recycle of my circadian rhythm, so everything's a little askew. Uh, anyway, that's hilarious. Who cares? <laughs> What's <laughs> okay. the question? Okay, okay. Your multiple identities have got, you've found a loophole. Uh, so hey me, uh, if you get the chance to pop pop it into a listener question at the next WTF at TFW, I'd love your thoughts on ultimate versions of Transformers characters. It's something I'm really struggling with right now. Part of my way uh, to keep my collection and budget manageable has been to only keep one version of a character on my shelf. And Ultra Magnus, between the Combiner War toy, pretty good of a character I love, and the Siege toy, overall very good of the G1 character I am less attached to, but has certain bits I love, has really really had me thinking in circles. I even did a video on it to try and get my thoughts straight, and it didn't help. Is that something you've considered as you're paring down your collection? And what have... Uh, what have been your objective and emotional decision-making criteria as you shrink things? Specifically referring to me thinning uh, my collection down considerably. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a, an answer to this, actually. So myself, no, this absolutely is not something that is in my own uh, mindset, because to me, every figure is an individual piece. But when I did one of my Why Do We Collect panels at TFCon, uh, I, I, I put this into my bullets because I thought it was such an interesting approach. I had someone there who said... That that is how they do their collection is they want the uh, for their tastes, the one version of a given named character across continuities, even and with the example being Trypticon. There's G1 Trypticon. There is Generations Trypticon and there is uh, Planet X's War for Cybertron Trypticon. Three completely different toys that for this collector uh only one can be owned, and thus a huge amount of thought has to go in because this is now going across design aesthetics. Even literally, um, the classics of legend is the definitive Trypticon. Forgot he existed, but now I immediately so remember what everyone. he looked like. Yeah, you know what? They got the colors right on that one. Got the colors right, kind of. There's an orange in there. <laughs> also, there was a mouse. I forgot there was a laser mouse that turned into Trypticon. I have a video mm-hmm. about it. The one that was supposed to be Dinobot, but they made a Trypticon. Well, they, they released they it as Grimlock. both. Yeah, Grimlock and Trypticon. Oh, okay, the, re- Dino, the Beast Wars Dinobot. Yeah. Beast Wars Dinobot, because they canceled that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, device label. Um, 
So yeah, like like for me personally, like this is absolutely not even something I consider for my own collection for reasons mentioned. But I I have met at least one person now too, uh, unless unless that was you who said it at the panel. I hope that I I'm just saying this right here. I'm gonna leave it all in. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that when I'm in a, a more awake mindset, I get real fretting about and like, oh, should I just edit it out? But I'm just gonna leave this in because you know what? If I'm right, then hey. I had a real good memory moment. If I'm wrong... Please tell me you lost track of the same guy (laughs) twice. If I got this wrong and you are all separate folks, then I hope you all meet up and become great friends. (laughs) But I'm pretty (laughs) sure I remember uh, that this is is the same individual. I might be wrong, though. So we'll all have a laugh, whatever happens. Um, (laughs) Hey, Aaron. Hey. Uh, your version of like the old gold ranger just three guys assuming the same space <laughs> yeah he's from uh not aquatar what was that triforia. guy from triforia triforia that's right <laughs> we should have had like a whole series set there that would have been fun just green screen everything just green screen uh, a lot of triplets running around or no just hire working triplets there's got to be enough folks out there with resumes uh Aaron, what's your take on ultimate versions of Transformers? So, um, for directly on this question, I am a horrible person to ask because I consistently talk about how I need to thin my collection and haven't. Um, as far as like, uh, like I can understand wanting to, uh, you know, that people should have limitations. I should be better about it on my side of things of getting the version that you feel is the best version and having that be it. Um, unfortunately, I think the best is a very personal thing because I could see why someone would prefer, you know, in, in his example, the combiner war toy versus the siege toy, you know, the combiner war toy does things a little bit different than the siege toy does. And it's a difference of like, do you think like, you know, the white Optimus prime in there or the, Minimus Ambus that's much, much smaller inside of the suit of armor type of thing. Or um, wasn't there also an Ultra Magnus recently that just didn't have any of that? Uh, there was the video game Ultra Magnus. Uh, there was Masterpiece Ultra Magnus as well, who was fully integrated. The video game yeah. Ultra Magnus was a remold of Optimus that just looked like armored Ultra Magnus yeah. in robot yeah. mode. You want to go all the way to titanium or... Yeah. Titanium Ultra Magnus as well. Yeah, so there, so there are other Ultra Magnuses, Magni, I've heard that, Magni. Are, that are out there um, that do different things different ways, and and you know one of the the great yet bad things about Transformers is you know again you know it's kind of been the theme this episode of of uh, the evergreen characters they get different spins each time and you can determine like, no, I like the Cybertronian look for so sieges for me. Uh, I preferred the kind of earthy future look. So combiner wars is more my jam or I prefer die cast. So titaniums is the one for me. Um, I no prefer fine galoob that. engineering. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's all going to come down to uh, ultimately, I think it's going to come down to, what your preferentials are um when i go to pare things down i think it's going to be more of the like does this bring joy to me do i have any like definitive memories on a thing um and that'll probably be 
something that leans heavily into is this a keep or is this a a get rid of you know i have some things that have been on a display shelf the whole time that i've had a display shelf so odds are some of those pieces are probably going to hang around just as like hey this is an early piece of mine so there's a, a a bit of extra touch in there um versus some other things that are just going to be like oh this is a thing that i got so that i could be line complete that's it okay i can get rid of that real easy yeah now we 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 talked about this i think in sometime this year but like you know that whole like internet joking about Marie Kondo the thing no one well some people did uh thing a lot of people kind of glazed past is like that's actually really legit advice if you're a heavy collector who maybe collects on impulse and autopilot at times and who needs to pare down is you actually figure out like TJ I think you you talked about this you went over it like when you were paring down it's like you know to use the phrase does this actually spark any joy in me when I look at it mm-hmm. like do I do I feel like this is actually an important um item in my collection does it mean anything to me or have i or did i enjoy it and i've i've expended my enjoyment of it uh those are all actually really uh solid things to 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 do with your collection as time goes on um like i'm i'm just recently recently uh realizing how many like i had a i had a big run of like trying out all kinds of non-transformers lines i like a lot of non-transformers lines but i'm realizing that there's a lot of non-transformer stuff i've had for years where i'm like i think i actually don't want any of this anymore uh a lot of this is is not activating any feelings in me all my storm collectible stuff is just making me get uh tense when i look at it because i don't know how all the pvc stuff is going to last as time goes on maybe i'll just ditch it all which i'm probably going to do um so yeah, uh, within Transformers, I'm still I have very little discipline uh, outside of a very specific set of tastes, but this can apply elsewhere too. I think. Um, anyway, I hope that answered your question. Uh, let's just question from I, TJ's I Discord. Wanna, I don't want to. Oh, I talked about you selling your toys constantly, but we never yeah. actually answered the question. That 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 like filled in that slot for me that it came up multiple times. <laughs> okay okay so next next episode you just answer for us and you know get back and so i technically did that that uh, one where it was just me recently there was yeah one a it was weeks. just you talking about how how i choose things yeah yeah i just started assessing you guys when i'm recording and so on but i mean tj like like uh yeah the ultimate versions like was that was that an approach you had while paring your stuff down in some circumstances, it was. Um, a large part of it came from, am I still enjoying the toy? Or is it going to sit here collecting dust because I'm just tired of playing with it? Or is it just going to sit in a bin because, well, if I sell it, I won't own it anymore. Yeah, you know, It's coming down to, how much do I genuinely love this? How much do I love how much, you know, what this represents? And do I have something that strikes me more? You know, I parted ways with Classics Optimus Prime because Siege Optimus Prime just struck me as, oh, that's that's the Optimus Prime I'm attached to. You know, at the Voyager size, it is a spot on Optimus, and I'm super looking forward to the uh, the anime repaint that they may or may not be showing off. I keep remembering that that was a whole thing in February. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the care did no, no, no. That never happened. 
No, your hallucinations. Swamp gas. Nothing to see Swamp here. Gas Optimus Prime is my favorite Optimus Prime from G2. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but in other cases, it's it's a little bit a little bit harder because like uh, a, a good example on my shelves right now is Warpath because I got the Legends one to stand with the other minibots because I acknowledge him as like the small little red tank guy. So I, I wanted to have him at that size with all the others. But I still have not parted ways with the uh, with the Generations Warpath because I to this day, I still say that's one of the best deluxes ever. Like, mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. about that toy hits me in such a good way. And like, I don't care. Okay, I, I can acknowledge this is not a good Warpath for my display. Because it's not the size that I would associate Warpath at. Like, he shouldn't be taller than Bumblebee. Or he shouldn't be as big as, like, Sideswipe or anything like that. But it's such a good toy. And I have, I do still have fun playing with it and transforming it. Can't bear to get rid of it. That's also where I would tell people that, like, that's part of the value of all the retools and recolors we have out there. Like, with that Warpath, it's like, technically, if you don't want a Warpath anymore... There was also uh, Strika and uh, Blast Charge, if you go the Botcon route. Yeah, like, that's the one mold where I'm like, I really wish that made more rounds. Like, I, there was going to be a hardhead remold that never quite happened. I would have bought that toy in every color scheme that it came out in. I almost did at one time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a... It's a... It is, it's a thing of like a case by case basis of this stuff I'm not into anymore because I have this stuff now. Or just me realizing that I'm hanging on to this just for the sake of hanging on to it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of individual assessment that can come with this stuff. And like, you know, I've, we talk about this a lot. I talk about it constantly. Like, the feeling of obligation to own things because of fandom, because of other things owned, as like being able to 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 just separate down into like, am I actually enjoying my ownership of this? You don't even have to enjoy the figure; you can enjoy just your ownership of it. That's a whole thing, uh, and and just figuring out like you know, does 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 this even connect with me anymore? Um, like Storm Collectibles mm-hmm. is my big one right now. Like that was sort of a recent thing, and I I kind of got I picked up five Storm Collectibles figures, and then got really hyped up for Shao Kahn and Goro. And then when they were actually out, and I saw them, I was like, I don't think these look great. And then I heard Goro was not very good, and I was like, Hey, maybe this is a, this is a good hint to me to to back off this whole thing for a while. Funny you mentioned that because Goro ended up uh, I ended up getting Goro. And it just sat here for like over a month in the box. He going, okay, I always wanted a good Goro figure, but I don't know about this one. And it ended up on eBay. Yeah, I I was looking at it and I watched a bunch of reviews and I just noticed that every review eventually someone would go like, yeah, this Goro figure speaking to the these ankles. Anyway, the rest of the figure, and I'm like, hey, wait a second. Goro is very large. If his ankles don't work, the entire thing is compromised for my own tastes. Uh, and I kind of confirmed through some other folks that, like, yeah, like, for what I'm looking for, that Goro figure is hella compromised. Uh, so I left it alone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got this, I'm just starting to, like, go into doing my panel mode. And there's an ambulance outside because they're 
wondering why this guy keeps saying Goro over and over again. Uh, so I think at that point we should probably just move on. Um, like I said before, I, I forgot uh, what was going on. Thank you, uh, TJ's Discord. <laughs> Unless you are also uh, one of our other questionnaires, in which case, congratulations. Um, this can take us into our what else we got this week, our off-topic section, if you will. Uh, Aaron, did you do anything that was not on the topic of the Transformers, but still was stuff you acquired? So I, again, fall into the odd spot of where I don't think of TCG stuff as on topic, even though it kind of is on topic. Oh, don't worry. I've done that before. So I got the new two-player starter. Oh, yeah, that's out in the States already. That is, that is out in the States. Uh, yeah. So um, it I, I did a little bit of play by myself on it. And it seems like it plays okay. Um, I think it's kind of interesting because it brings green pips into a starter conversation. I mean, I'm 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 not opposed to that. That's I, uh... I, I'm not either. But it was like I guess my brain is kind of set up with three pips as base, not four or soon five. Yeah. But um, and I got the um, uh, Ultra Pro just Autobot playmat. Oh, I've seen that thing. It's, because, uh, it's got a nice style. Yeah, so the uh, over the weekend, I ran a Learn to Play event um, at my localist FLGS that they, when, once I got one of the actual owners, they were like, yeah, if we can do stuff to make these things sell, we'll do it. And so I'm running a couple of those events, and then we're going to do a uh, launch day event and I'm trying to like roust anybody in the Lafayette area to like come and and learn to play or come and play Pl- just play this game with me please um oh yeah just want friends um and I, and I had people trying really hard to get me in on their constructed tournament that was going on at the same time and I'm like well I don't have a constructed deck so it'd be hard for me to play. Yeah, that's my excuse. And then two or three people are like, "Oh, I got a couple spare decks." I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't. I don't need that. I don't. I'm I don't the need demo that. man. I, do, I don't need that. I'm demoing this game. Like you want you want you want to play the the Transformers TCG demo? Then I'll like play play that thing and and take whatever prizes I get at the end. Well, no, if I'm it's my deck, it's my prizes. It's like, well, then are you paying too? It's like, how's no, I just I just don't need to. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. And then I, I ran away and I sat there with my demo deck. <laughs> Watch them quietly. <laughs> how are the uh, how are the printed rules? The vaunted printed rules. They're they're good. Um it's it's a bit of the the better like printed out rule stuff um that was online. Um, but still it's like, like I think with any TCG, they're still missing something in there that you don't get until you're actually getting the rhythm of a game. Mm. That's like, um, there was a brief period of time where magic was doing, and they may still have something that's to this effect, but like where you get two decks, then it's specifically like, don't shuffle these. Don't, don't do it. Oh, they, they're still doing that. That's actually, uh, last year there was one. Yeah. All right. I I hadn't looked into that, but where it's like where you get two decks and they're preset like the first ten cards or so in each deck, 
And it specifically is like, this is what your hand looks like. This is the card you're going to draw. With these cards in your hand, and most of them are blue, and one of them's green, and you've got two islands that give you blue mana, and one force that gives you green mana, you should probably play the island first. And then tap that to get and like explain everything step by step and what you're seeing. And then the other person's reading down their script and then they can go, ha ha, I'm reacting to your thing with my thing and like figure out how the flow of that works. Um, I got a decent rhythm of it after I did my third play test or my first learn to play third learn to play when then I was looking for like all those people that were playing magic to come over and play my game. And then they're all involved in a tournament. Um, so I'm hoping I can get more next time. You know what uh, runs every single week at every single friendly local gaming store everywhere? Friday Night Magic? Yeah. Why couldn't they take a single moment out to come and and, yeah. you, and participate with your game, damn it? Saturday afternoon, learn how to play my game. Yeah. Rolls off the tongue. Like oh no oh uh, I need to play F and M because I only get to I only do that every single week. Anyway, that's that's a dig at all your friends who probably don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations! I'm looking forward to picking up that starter set myself sometime after May 31st when it's out in the rest of the world, that being Canada. No, it's it's actually is out in the rest of the world, just not Canada. No, yeah, the rest that's, of the world. That's Canada. the rest of the rest of the world. Yeah, it's not out in the good part yet. But soon it will be. But no, beyond that, um, nothing much. Had a scare with the dog that ate a whole lot of finances right quick. But yeah. turns out old Gimpy Puppy is old and Gimpy. So, and not so much a puppy. Uh, I, I, was, I was still waiting with bated breath to see what happened that day. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad it turned out for the better. Um, TJ, how about you? What did you do that was, uh, that was off topic? Uh... Nothing really particular. I partook the new op. Uh, yeah, that thing looked cool. So, um, am I? I'm going. I'm. Help me out here. Real X head or real cross head? Real X head. Real X head. Thank you. That's. As, I as actually you, don't know. You, That's just what I say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, a vinyl company. Yeah, a vinyl producer in Japan. I almost said company. It's one guy. It's Mori. Mori's on. And makes all of these vinyl toys. Uh, one of the designs is in PVC now in mass production and is super cool. And like, I I put paint to a custom right away thinking, oh, I, I, I got this. I got this. So want to be the first one to have this out. Three people had customs out before I finished. That's because they, they, like, live next to Matt and then, like, start the day after the drop. That's what I tell myself, anyway. Uh, I actually, I held off on that drop. The figure looks great. But uh, I had kind of gone whole hawk in getting a hold of all of the Mori um, uh, new synth figures. Ah. Uh. Uh, and then after that went whole hawk getting all of the Onel new synth figures. So, for this year, I kind of went new synth instead of uh, the full-on PVC stuff. I need to I need to track down the Gly Ninja. I really like the look of that one. I got the I got an email from um, 
It was either Tenacious Toys or Toy Pizza. I forgot I was on an email list, and I just saw an email pop up going like, "We have a Glide Ninja," and I was just like, "Order." <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I, I never got, I never fully got all of New Synth, because there's that, like, weird-looking one that looks like a shirtless dude in black pants, but I, I did the New Synth stuff for all of the, uh, collaborator brands I was super interested in. But, yeah, that, uh, that Feos figure looks really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more colorways uh, as that, as that goes on. But, uh, anything else on your end? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Alright, I... I... Uh, don't remember how much I've talked about. <laughs> but I got the rest of Lightning Collection Wave 1. Power Rangers Lightning Collection Wave 1. And I got some of those uh, those Overwatch Ultimates. Um, Lightning Collection Wave 1 is pretty darn cool. I like Lord Zed a lot, even though all of his pipes... At a certain point, they actually do start to get in the way of the articulation, only because when you try to rotate his arms too far out, his arm pipes that are connected to the back of his waist will start going like, hey, we're not long enough. But as a wave one, the thing is, it's a solid wave one. I think uh, Doggy and Zed are still the highlights. Uh, they've got, you know, some some quibbles here and there, but they are just a pair of figures that show you the full potential of this line, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't realize Doggy, not only does he have the head swap for the dog head, but they also give you a neck cover for that head as well. Uh, so it looks like his, he's not got the turtleneck on. I think that's pretty neat. Uh, the Overwatch figures Hasbro's doing, those things are pretty darn cool. I picked up Reinhardt. Okay. I'm, I'm still figuring out how I feel about Reinhardt, but in general it feels pretty positive. I think it helps that he's the same price as the two-packs. And I feel like you're getting a lot more out of him, uh, mass-wise. But uh, they're they're pretty cool figures. There's a few little problems here and there. I wish double-jointed elbows were on the table for those figures with regularity. Um, it really hurts Farah that she doesn't have double-jointed elbows. It kind of, like, eliminates a lot of her posability, unfortunately. Um, and Mercy, I don't think that there's a real clear way how she actually holds on to her, her healing stick. Uh, there's a grip part that's a bit too big, and the rest of the rod is a bit too thin. But outside of that, like if she's just waving her pistol around, oh boy, she looks like she's going to kill some folks. Um, but yeah, those two new 6-inch lines from Hasbro are hitting me so much more solidly than Marvel Legends has in years. And I think it's because Marvel Legends is built on bucks, uh, where eventually I start feeling like I'm just getting modified copies of the same couple figures over and over again. These Overwatch and Power Rangers ones, A, in these two first waves, it's a whole bunch of like completely unique toolings, and B, in Power Rangers, where there's probably going to be some tooling reuse, it's 1,000% accurate. <laughs> so, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm really excited about these two lines. Um, they feel like, like the fun of chasing Marvel Legends, but with more more payoff on delivery. Um, I also got some, uh, I've been catching up on some of my Soto common rider stuff. It's my, my favorite candy line. Um, I got some of my duplicate copies that I, I was trying to track down of the red plastic gates armor body. Uh, that was like one per box in wave five. I was able to get a hold of a few extra ones off Mandarake. I'm still not done getting extra. I need one more to, to be gates red body complete. Um, 
And I feel like I had something else I was going to talk about, but it has slipped my mind. I moved my filming table to the other room. That was an operation. Uh, but I wanted it to be over in the less uh, stuffy and colder room uh, and not to be right next to where I sleep. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but I think that's about it on my end. So... I think that's about it for the podcast on my end. I feel like I had something else I was going to talk about, but it just completely slipped my mind. I'm real on the ball, though, as you all can tell. So thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me for this, this uh, very interesting uh, podcast episode where I'm 100% functional and awake. Aaron can attest to that because he's a scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, TJ, thank you for uh, specifically swinging by and then bringing a listener question and then having me assume you already answered it because it said TJ on the question mm-hmm. what I'm here for uh, and thank you all for listening all of you listeners we'll be back with some more Transformers podcasting soon uh, as I said we, we we have a billion listener questions we're gonna go through all of them I'm not deleting any of them but do bear in mind there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a backlog uh, in the meantime uh, stay tuned stay very safe and uh, stay hydrated. You know, it's getting to that. It's getting to one of those times of year. You're gonna get some of that, that H2O in you. Glug glug glug. Add all that up. I don't know what the f it means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.